Welcome, welcome, and welcome into the doghouse. My name is Will. I am your host, and this is the official podcast of the best fantasy football league ever, dynasty or otherwise. But I am not alone, my friends. That is right. I am joined once again by the co-host of the doghouse. That would be Needham coming in live from the cat box. Needham, we got so much to get into today. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about what we have going on? And then also, more importantly, man, what's up? What's up? What up, what up, what up? Yes, thank you for having me again. Um, Live from the cat box, like you said. Um, Happy to be here. I think we're going to go over some good stuff today. Um, Rapidly review the second round uh, pretty quickly all in one shot because it's, you know, I have a third of it, so that'll be quick. Um, Back to you, Will. You are right. We're going to go through the second round. We are going to go through the third round, and we're also going to get some bold predictions. It is the doghouse, so we have to make sure we do roll call, and the dogs aren't with me, actually. I'm by myself, so that was a pretty uneventful roll call. Uh, I don't think I have any other uh, random uh, pre-news items to go over, Uh, but actually, before we get into the news, let's go ahead and get to who's going to be our episode MVP. The episode MVP is none other than the co-host, Needham Windham, coming in live from the cat box. You know what, Needham, you're so humble. I'm not even going to ask you about what it's like to win the episode MVP because I know you want to get to this good content that we have. But I will just tell all others involved that if you're listening, you're in this league, so you know how how much Needham brings to this league. But here's how much he brings to the podcast. <laughs> I'm getting these notifications that I'm getting these messages from Needham. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. And then today I finally get around to be like getting ready to, to record an episode. And there are 21 recordings. So the episode MVP is absolutely the person that has wrote and performed this entire episode. Um, All I'll be doing is filling in the blanks today. So Needham, you are the episode MVP. I know you're so, so humble. That's what everyone always says. Everyone always says, Needham, wow, that guy's humble. When I think of Needham, I think humility. And so we won't even need to talk about it further. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and let's just get right into the news. And let's get into our news. If we go back to the pin chats, I can see that we had, let's see, 22 days ago. Okay, we had our last podcast 19 days ago. There we go. So this one, next one is 17 days ago. It's us talking about the podcast, coming up with the different names. And so, of course, we have me from the doghouse. We have Needham from the cat box. We have Austin from the tree fort. We have Wolfit. From the hen house, of course. We're very proud of that one. We have Captain America from the Iraqi billionaire compound. I love that one too. And then I know that we had one for Adam, and I'm sleeping on that. So Adam, next time you catch up on on uh, next time you catch up on the dog house, I need you to let us know in the chat what it was that your like headquarters call sign was. 
Anyway, so the next thing we have pinned uh, was just a few days later, and it was a trade. We have Austin getting Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell of the Niners for a second rounder. So we'll talk about that draft pick here coming up today. Uh, but just remember when we get to that pick that this was the one that Austin ended up uh, trading a second rounder for. So you can go ahead and tell by my tone what round he was drafted in. All right, so then uh, Austin, now we're about a week and change ago, says Jimmy G will be a Texan by this time next year. You can pin that, and I did. And that same day, Eric Wolfett did a diary log. This time, I think I'm going to actually do it correctly. Let's see. We'll see. I think I'm just, I think I'm not special fucked up where I'm intoxicated enough to be like relatively kind of funny enough that you'll continue listening, but also not completely stumble over everything. We'll find out. June 1st, 2021. Dear Diary, the long march to Brandon Ayuk Day continues this week. We continue our debate about where Julio Jones' decaying whale carcass of a body will wash up. For my money, he'll spend his twilight years watching Sunshine Lawrence passes fall five yards in front of him for the London Beef Eaters. Meanwhile, Booby continues to examine his option for wearing magic underwear, just like his man crush, Zach Wilson. On the West Coast, the original gold diggers continue to look for places to leave their three-wheel 1987 Pontiac of a quarterback. I suspect that the Washington football team, can we just call them the Senators and be done with it, will kick the tires when the Fitzmagic finally runs out. Am I the only person who realizes we'll never have a 500 football team ever again? I say that, and yet I know the Raiders will somehow manage to pull this off. I must cut this short. I have to make sure the peasants working the field at a state wolfet are seeding the crops properly. A landowner's work is never done. Bravo, 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 Wolfit. And the last thing we have pinned for our news section is Rick Wyland four days ago responding to Needham's chat. Needham's in the chat said, I still do not like Tua. And, Wh and Rick Wyland said, pin this so uh again wyland is 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 uh placing his chips behind tua and is, as his future quarterback uh he's fine in the meantime as well and we'll find out we'll find out about tua won't we but i don't want to talk about tua anymore all right it is time to get to the actual meat and potatoes i think need him what it yeah, yeah, I think we're all done with the news. I throw it your way, but you're telling me no, we're good. So let's go ahead and get to the actual meat and potatoes. He says, while not on the page that he needs to be. Oh, and there we go. Meat and potatoes. Nuts. And, what, was it? what was it last time? Um, meats and potatoes. Uh, uh, <laughs> hold, on. hold on. No, no, no. Uh, meat and bolts. Nuts and potatoes. Something like that. All right. I, was, I, would, I would redo that segment because that ending was just that bad. But I'm four minutes in, I'm not redoing that one. So we're just going to go ahead and move on. Oh, but now I realize why I was stumbling over that ending. It's not time to move on. It is time to take a word for our sponsors. This episode of The Doghouse sponsored by the city of Tupelo, Mississippi. Are you driving across the country? Are you looking for a place to stay that is nice with friendly people, warm, very comforting location where there's awesome restaurants with a good variety of draft beers on selection, 
Well, look no further than Tupelo, Mississippi. Oh, that is right. It might sound like a podunk shithole, but it is anything but. Oh, you will enjoy an amazing, ama the best pepperoni pizza I have literally ever had in my entire life was in Tupelo, Mississippi. Tacos versus pizza. I literally had to choose which way I was going to go. I looked around and I thought, hmm, I bet there's no real Mexicans here. And I chose pizza. And boy, am I glad I did because they made a pepperoni pizza with caramelized onions or whatever they put on there. Caramelized something. They caramelized. They candied the shit out of something. It was delicious. Oh, jalapenos. Candied jalapenos and honey drills it over a pepperoni pizza with some black olives. Oh, get the hell out of town. And it was, oh, it was amazing. Bartender was amazing. If you need a spot to stop, Tupelo, Mississippi, pizza versus tacos. Also, don't sleep on the La Quinta by Wyndham right across the street. And by don't sleep, I mean make sure you sleep there because they'll also take good care of you. Tupelo, Mississippi, longest commercial ever. All right, now we can actually get to the good stuff. And let's get to the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes, I'm not going to try to mash them up again. All right, let's get into the meat of this episode. Now, Needham, I'm not going to lie. You're going to have to remind me. Uh, I definitely have increased my alcohol intake since we got here. I've increased my cannabis intake since we got here. And so the memory is not doing as well as it once was. I have a pretty good idea of exactly where we left off last episode. But why don't you go ahead and remind me anyway. Remind me, where we, where do we leave off? Where are we picking up? So I think uh, last episode we uh, wrapped up the whole first round. Um, you know, toward the end we got a little dicey, all but one pick. Only Eric Wolfett held on to his picks. Um, we had a little bit of a... Uh, you know, Bobby holding on to that last pick till he finally actually traded it off because he, he wasn't in the mood for Waddle, um, which then rolled us directly into the second round. The second round, a little more of the same. Four picks remained uh, with their original owner, Ben, uh, mine, uh, Stanley, and Booby. And aside from that, the rest of the picks shuffled hands. So... You know, anything uh, anything stand out to you, Will, before I jump right in it? Yeah, I mean, you know, we said last time that BT was the winner of uh, the first round. And I'll, I'll just uh, take a moment to bring that back onto this episode as well. So that definitely stood out to both of us. Uh, and I'm also just right in agreement with you that what stood out to me is how many of these picks have been shopped. And I love it. My main goal, besides the you know regular three, was that I wanted this league to be super trade active. We made the rosters the size we did, and we made the rules the way we did to encourage trading. And boy, have we done that. And I think that's the biggest fun of the league. So that's what I, I agree with you. That's what sticks out to me is that a lot of those uh, picks are getting moved around. And yeah, let's go ahead and, and uh, let's get into the second round. Okay, so what was I doing, right? I, I started off round two, three picks in a row, four of the first five. I mean, uh, I couldn't pass them up. I felt Rondell Moore was originally um, a first-round 
talent. I'm talking about first round in our draft type of talent. I had expected, um, fully expected either uh, BT or Wolfie to uh, grab them, and they didn't. And then I expected, uh, you know, Booby to get them, and then he didn't. So, bang, I went more, more, feel just like that. Um, I felt I couldn't pass up that kind of value at both uh, both receivers, and Fields was always kind of um, a go-to quarterback for me, so definitely wanted him. I thought going into the second round initially that you were going to go with the running back because I'm looking at your roster and I'm thinking – that you have a little bit more depth at wide receiver than running back. And so I initially was surprised that you went uh, wide receiver, wide receiver, quarterback. But then I, as I look a little bit closer, I realize that this running back class is a little thinner than I realized, especially with Gainwell, who is talked about highly coming into the draft, but then he ends up behind Miles Sanders in Philadelphia, and it's like, oh, I'm not as excited about that anymore. Uh, so I was a little surprised to see the, the position you went initially, but then the more I looked into this actual year's draft, because basically this is how I'm finding out about this year's class is having to do these podcasts. So I realized now that basically by this point in the draft, all the running backs that you actually really want are gone. Um, although Gainwell is still on the board and we'll talk about that in a second. Regardless, I, I like the fact that, uh, you end up going fields there. I know you kind of glossed over it. Uh, focusing on how you ended up getting uh, uh, more falling to you. You can decide which more I'm referencing. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I really like that Fields pick. I see you have Burrow, but I also remember that you didn't draft Burrow. Robbie drafted Burrow right before he left. And so you now have two young franchise quarterbacks, and you can uh, you have the guy you picked and the guy you inherited. And so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But we could spend all day long just on these first three picks. Let's go ahead and keep moving through the second, though. Who Who is at the uh, 2.04? Is that Rose? Ben Rose grabs Trey Lance. Oh. Yeah, 204. Trey Lance goes, um, throws me a loop because, uh, as I mentioned in the previous episode, BT kind of snaked out uh, Trey Sermon from me, and I kind of expected I would get either Trey Sermon or Trey Lance with a 205. I know I just grabbed Justin Fields. I think super highly of Justin Fields. Um, I wasn't afraid to go quarterback. If I had to with that 203-205 stack. Uh, ben Rose, Trey Lance, 49er. I think um, stash them on your bench one year. You might even get a late season starts out of them. Uh, which left me kind of running and gunning. I took Kenneth Gainwell. Wasn't 100% happy with it, but liked it better than my options. So I really like this pick by Ben Rose. If you look at his roster, he has Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. That's a nice little uh, safe combination. You have your Hall of Famer. You have a guy you can always stream who's always like, you know, good enough. Um, But you don't necessarily have your quarterback of the future. The Niners trade all those draft picks to get to number three, and they take Trey Lance. And Rose says, yep, give me some of that. Needham had a shot at Trey Lance, chose Justin Fields. 
Need him. I can't say that you sound incredibly excited about your Justin Fields pick. Uh, you kind of glossed right over it and said that you like, you know, what did you say? Respect him as a player or something? Like, you know, you drafted him, right? Uh, but we'll, we're going to move on. I know you would, I, you would totally respond to that, but you're just so classy. You're not going to. And I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we talked a little bit about that Caldwell or that Gainwell, excuse me, uh, pick as well. So let's move on. So who, so you had ended up having four out of the five picks. Who's after you? Rapidly gets us to Jason Kelly at the two Oh six, originally Adam Hensley's pick, uh, and, uh, boom, I'm on St. Brown, USC, big receiver, um, you know, undervalued in the draft, kind of undervalued in our draft. Um, uh, interesting landing spot. You know, anytime anybody goes, um, any, uh, Detroit, anything, it's always, uh, you know, dicey. And, uh, BT comes out and gets Kadarius Tony with the next pick at the 207. So, uh, receiver, receiver, pretty heavy on the receivers, but the, you know, this is, uh, it is what it is. You got to like both picks. And, uh, you know, Will, what do you, what do you think? Well, I don't know if you heard, but I spent uh, many, many hours in a car with Captain America himself. And so I was not surprised by his pick at all. I know he was a huge fan. He, he got to see plenty of him in college. Uh, that's St. Brown. And don't forget, folks, this is his, uh, the brother of Packers receiver, uh, whatever his name is, St. Brown. Uh, so, yeah, they all have interesting names uh, over there in the St. Brown family. And I think their dad was in the NFL as well. And their mom was probably like an Olympian or something. Like, I think they come from a pretty impressive uh, sports family, or at least the dad. At least the dad was a professional probably football player. Anyway, uh, so I was not surprised at all by Captain America's pick. Uh, and then we have BT coming in behind him with the Tony pick. Look, uh, I, I think that he got a solid young receiver with a quarterback who's still very much developing, but probably will end up being a legit NFL quarterback. So uh, there, there could be, I, I don't sleep on anything BT does. If BT does something and I see it and I, I don't understand it, I'm like, oh shit, what does he know that I don't? So, uh, I'm assuming it was a great pick by BT, but I'm just going by reputation at this point. All right. Now you'll remember that there was a lot of talk about a lot of quarterbacks as we were getting into this draft coming up. And we ended up having Lawrence getting taken way earlier than a lot of people thought. And, or at least way earlier and compared to like ADP and what like other leagues and other people are doing around the world. Uh, so then we had our run with Fields and Lance in, earlier in this, this round, like we talked about. So then we have now gotten to this other guy, because I don't know if you heard about him, but he was taken second overall. This gets us to the part where Zach Wilson is picked by Captain America. Again, I'm not surprised. I knew he was a very big fan based on our conversations. Uh, I think he has a, I think Captain America has a, a, a plan that's going to have us looking up at him for a while. Uh, so I'm a little scared of that. So 
I think Zach Wilson is a stud. Um, you got to remember all of the <laughs> the entire way that I looked at these quarterbacks is based in the Niners. So for me, it was like Lawrence is too good. We'll never get him. And and Wilson is not going to be there for us. We're not going to get him. So then it's here the other three. So to me, Zach Wilson is one of those guys that was like the Niners didn't even have a chance for. Uh, so I'll definitely uh, assume that uh, Captain America himself in following uh, the second pick overall for the Jets with Zach Wilson is going to end up being a good pick. Okay, uh, what do you think about Zach Wilson? I like this pick. So Zach Wilson with the 208 by Jason Kelly. So remind you, you know, Jason traded away his first round pick uh, for a, run, a starting running back. He's sitting on two uh, second round, mid second round picks. Goes uh, pretty big value by uh, 206 with Amon St. Brown and then following it up with Zach Wilson starting uh, quarterback for the New York Jets and starting quarterback or starting any position even if it's this organization, uh, that's pretty good value for that spot. So I don't have anything negative to say about that. How about you, Will? You like that? Dislike it? Anti-Jets Detroit, since they're both, you know, shitty teams. But uh, uh, no offense, Rick Pierce. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and say that I like the pick. I'm not going to hold the history of the Jets against this pick. It's a new regime with Sala, and he's got his new quarterback. So I'm going to give them a fresh start. And, yep, I like it. He went number two overall for a reason. And that brings us to the next pick, which is Freyermuth. And if it wasn't for Pitts, we would have been hearing a lot more about, about this tight end. But Pitts was just such a once-in-a-generational talent, or a generational talent, I guess is what you call it, or once-in-a-generation talent that no one was talking about anyone else in this tight end class. If Pitts was in a different class, Fairmouth would have gotten a lot of buzz. He would, there have been like, you know, one week where everyone was just talking about how like he was going to be the next Hawkinson or next Fant or the next this or the next that, you know, making all these comps. It would have been like the week of Fairmouth, but we never had that because we just had an extra week of Pitts. So nice pickup uh, by, what's his name there, getting Fairmouth. I'm not actually looking at the draft right now. And then that brings us to Nico Collins. There's a BT pick, so I'm just going to go ahead and, again, defer to that BT knows what he's doing. And Needham, I'm wondering, what do you think about these next two picks? All right, so that leaves me, you know, liking Nico Collins. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes it seems like I'm picking on people, but whatnot, uh, I'm not. Come on now. Uh, but And, you know, a lot of picks are arguable and argumentative. You could say I drafted somebody too early or drafted somebody too late. You could do the same for any of uh, our um, any of our drafts, uh, picks, so to speak. But um, these next two picks, I truly hate, like, hate them think they're the worst two picks of the entire draft um go ahead and mark that down uh, i just just couldn't stand the 211 and 212 oh you're just putting in a t for me oh you are coming in hot now look if i actually researched this draft class i would love to be like i know right because these relevant details but i didn't so i have no idea so explain yourself yeah, I, I, I just 
prefer all five receivers taken in the third round over these next two picks. That's all there is to it. I mean, uh, Eskridge goes to Seattle. It's not like they aren't loaded already uh, with receivers and whatnot, and only one ball, but we're talking about a shrimp, five foot nine hundred ninety pounds from Western Michigan, already age twenty four. And you got to ask yourself, like, if this guy was good, wouldn't he have already been in the NFL? He's the oldest receiver taken in our draft. Um, he's going to sit at least one year. So, are we expecting him to have a breakout season at age twenty five, age twenty six? Gurley's twenty six. He's already on his way out of the. NFL. So yeah, absolutely. Dwayne Eskridge, no bueno in my book. Ooh, bringing the hot take on Eskridge. I like it. I like it. I knew none of that stuff. This is all new to me. So I totally appreciate all of that. Now, please tell me, what do you think about that next pick? All right. Last pick of the second round, Booby. Uh, maybe he knows something. He's the reigning champ. We gotta give him a little bit of credit. But Des Fitzpatrick, second oldest wide receiver drafted uh, in our entire draft. Um, good size, six two two ten on the books. But uh, aside from that, I mean, you know, not a big time college at Louisville. Just not a big deal. I mean, even picked in the fourth round, a hundred ninth overall. Uh, just not an impressive pick with the as compared to the five receivers taken in the third round. I would rather have any of those five over uh, Fitzpatrick. So just back-to-back two head scratchers, um, two picks that I truly believe are the worst two picks of our entire draft. Oh, the worst two picks in the draft. I love the analysis. I know I love the depth of knowledge that you are bringing. I appreciate it so much because everyone knows I just didn't research this draft class at all because I just was not participating in the draft, uh, which is probably just unwise. But I was kind of moving across the country, so I was like, eh, I don't have any draft picks. It's probably fine. I'll just pick it back up later. Anyway, uh, here's what I'm thinking. I think we got some good momentum going. Let's just keep it going. Let's bust through the third. What if we go quickly? Can we bust through the third? Wait, you wanna, you're saying you want to squeeze in the third round tonight, too? Um, yeah, we can go fast if you want. I mean, I, I don't have it, it's starting to get even past my breadth of knowledge. Uh, you know, maybe Austin might be better at this part, uh, this deep in the in the draft than I am. But uh, I, I'm down uh, if that's what you have in mind. I do. I do want to squeeze in the third. I think if we can go quickly, I think we have a lot of uh, positive momentum going. I think we should just go right through it. Let's get into the third round. Okay, so 301, Amari Rogers, 302, Mac Jones, uh, 303, Chubba Hubbard, uh, all reasonably good picks, all made by the actual pick holders, BT, uh, Austin, and uh, Jason Kelly. Uh, lots of upside for all three picks, um, honestly. Uh, third round receiver in Amari Rogers, uh, Mac Jones going to good landing spot first, like the potential, and of course, Chubba Hubbard. Um, good enough draft value, uh, for a running back fourth round. Um, so not too bad of picks for three in a row. 
All right, I will take your word for it. I don't know much about them. Okay, no, that's not true. I do know a little bit about Mac Jones. I will say that I really like Mac Jones's landing spot for Mac Jones. The reason why we didn't want him as a Niner fan was because he was just a pocket passer, a statue. He just stands up there and makes a smart decision. Oh, does that sound like anyone we know? Like maybe Tom Brady, uh, my quarterback sneaks. Uh, he, he, he really on paper, could be molded into the next Tom Brady. Now, what I think we're really going to find out is, is Mac Jones the real deal? Or is he just a guy that went to Alabama? Because if he's just a guy that went to Alabama, then he's Matt Castle, you know? And he'll he'll go through the Patriots organization the exact way, same way that Matt Castle did, and maybe even accidentally, just like Garoppolo, and maybe accidentally even get a contract out of it. Uh, but maybe he's the real deal. And maybe Mac Jones is going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Who knows? Uh, I, I look forward to finding out. So then that brings us to, and I, don't, I, I know the name Hubbard. I know uh, Chuba Hubbard's name, but I can't say that I actually know anything about him. So let's move on to the 3.04. What do you got for the 3.04? Yeah, uh, 3.04, I mentioned two uh, episodes ago. Could be the steal of the draft, Diami Brown. Everybody said, who? I'm telling you, Diami Brown. I'll say it again. Rick pulled one over on us, got Diami Brown. I went with uh, David Mills because I was trying to actually shop that pick. Um, Wasn't really um, ready to make the pick. So Davis Mills, uh, the actual chance of playing due to the quarterback situation in Houston. And then uh, Ramonde Stevens. Going Stevenson going to uh, to the Patriots by Austin, so a lot of uh, good depth play, and you never know when uh, Patriots running backs are c- concerned. All right, so I like that you've called your shot that that uh, you the steal of the twenty twenty one LOC draft was. Uh, Dami Brown at the 304 by Rick Weiland. I love that you called it. I don't know anything about him. And like you're saying, is no one in the league does apparently, except for Rick Weiland and apparently you a little bit. Or maybe Weiland told you about him after he got you, after he got him and was like, and you're like, God damn it, that was a good pick. Uh, which is what it actually sounds like. So great job there, Weiland. Or maybe not. We'll find out. But uh, I like that Needham is calling a shot. Uh, I think Rick's calling a shot as well. And uh, I haven't I haven't heard him tell uh, say in the chat no Needham you're wrong so uh, he's he's holding his breath and not holding his breath crossing his fingers that he really is this diamond in the rough that was found in the third round and nicely done Rick uh, one way or the other at least you you at least uh, did a good job at finding someone with some hype that others did not and I'll give you that uh, I mean I would have found him but I wasn't in this draft it had nothing to do with the fact that I have like no knowledge at all about the college game or like who's even playing or what programs are even good. Okay. Hey, let's move on. Hey, Neem. So what do we got next? Okay. So that brings up, up to the, uh, 307, 308, 309, two dart throws, good dart throws. And a really, I think, a a pretty stellar pick. Um, so, you know, Schwartz to, um, Rick Pierce makes up for, what I thought was the bad pick uh, of Eskridge, um, followed up by um, a really nice pickup of the top defensive player, a linebacker in the entire NFL draft by Eric Wolfett, Mika Parsons to Dallas. He's going to start immediately. 
can't say enough of that pick. Uh, Eric still playing, uh, you know, gobbling up defense in in a timely matter. I, I really like that pick. Kylan Hill to finish it off uh, to Stanley. Good dart throw. Just nothing more to say about that, but a good dart throw. Oh, that Eskridge pick was redeemed a little bit, not, at least by your analysis. I like to hear that. I love to see to see the ebb and flow that we have in a draft. So uh, nicely done there, Pierce. Now, Needham, finish us up. How does this draft end? And the end of the third round brings up Kyle Trask, uh, Tylen Wallace, and Tutu Atwell. Uh, two late dart throws by BT and a quarterback to Adam Hensley. All good depth uh, roster taxi type spots. If they hit, great. If they don't, no love lost. Um, definitely, uh, again, uh, 12 picks later, I like Talon Wallace better than I like Eskridge. I like Tutu Atwill better than I like Fitzpatrick. Um, so uh, there we have it. Rounds two and three in the books. Um, what's the next topic? Let's go. Let's roll. Oh, you want to keep going? You want to roll that into another segment? I love it. That was the end of the segment. We were absolutely finally able to get through our entire draft, all three rounds, all thanks to you, my friend. But you don't want to stop right there. We got some positive momentum going, and you want to keep going right into another topic. Okay, why don't you give me a hot take? Give me a bold prediction for your team for this upcoming year. So you want me to make a bold prediction for my team. All right, well, you got to do the same thing. You want to go first or uh, or you want me to go first? You let me know. Uh, I got to think of one now. You put me on the spot. Let me, let me. Okay, you think about that for a quick second and I will stall because that's what true professionals do. Uh, I am going to have you go first, because the fact is, this is your episode, my friend. I'm just filling in the gaps. Uh, so now that you've had an entire seven seconds to think about it, I'm ready for your answer. What do you got for me? What is your bold prediction for your team for this season? All right, all right. So I'm, uh, I'm on the spot here. Um, I will say, might not be a super hot take, but I, I'm going to say that I have TJ McLaurin and CD Lamb in the year as top 10 receivers, both of them. Now, it's not really a stretch for McLaurin. He's already preseason ranked at about 11 to 13, depending which rankings you're using. And, but CD Lamb uh, tr- comes in at around 21 on preseason ranking. So he's out of the top 20 just ever so slightly. So I. I think they'll both be top 10, and the hottest take on that or the boldest part of the prediction is that that would mean CeeDee Lamb finishes above Amari Cooper. All right, that's mine. What do you think, Will? Well, I love the hot take with you having CeeDee Lamb finishing ahead of Amari Cooper. Uh, I think that is just, as hot takes go, that is as perfect of a hot take as possible. It is totally in the realm of possibility and also not what we were expecting. Everyone is expecting Amari Cooper to finish as the wide receiver with most fancy points in that Dallas Cowboys wide receiver crew. Uh, but there is very much a version where CeeDee Lamb actually outpaces him, especially if out Mar- uh, Amari Cooper gets injured or just is super inconsistent or does any of the other things that 
are one of the reasons why I don't like him. So, we, which we've talked about in detail. So now we'll go on to my bold prediction. I've had a couple days to think about it. Because of the 21 segments coming from the cat box, it's taken three evenings to put this together, and I'm very happy about that. You might even be able to hear some thunder if you listen closely, although it's not that. It's, it's, it's way in the distance, so we can barely hear it. So you, it, it might not be getting picked up by this mic. But anyway, my bold prediction is that I will have two different players that are number one at their position in the regular season. So whether that's Josh Allen is the number one QB, McCaffrey is the number one running back, or Hill or Diggs or Adams as the number one wide receiver, I think I will have two of the number one either quarter any any combination of quarterback, wide receiver, running back, two of those positions I will have the number one guy. That's my bold prediction. I thought about making it. I would have all three, and that is, that's just ridiculous. Like, this is perfectly bold. So that's my bold prediction. We didn't get anyone else's bold predictions. Uh, so I highly recommend, if you're listening right now, to call into the show and give us the bold prediction for your team for next year, for this upcoming season, and we'll put it in the next episode. Uh, so we do just have a few minutes left. We probably have uh, – look. We probably can only talk about one more team, and there is one team with a lot of action going on, and that's the Packers. So, my friend, what are some thoughts you have on, mm, let's say, Aaron Rodgers? All right, you want to go current events. Really, it's just Julio Jones, but we've kind of chatted that up all to hell. Um, A-Rod? Yeah, A-Rod? Uh, Aaron Rodgers would, uh, what was that? Shailene Woodley or whatever. Um, got him going off, off the walls. What do you, I, I think he's done being a Packer. I mean, I think he's made up his mind. Uh, where do we go from there? What do you think? Yes. You mentioned Julio. We could definitely talk about Julio. Uh, we'll save that for another episode I think there will be plenty of uh, time to discuss the Tennessee offense, uh, which is going to be one worth talking about. I really think that fantasy-wise, the biggest impact for that Julio trade is Calvin Ridley for Dynasty. I think Calvin Ridley's stock just went through the damn roof. I think Calvin Ridley just jumped into the spot that A.J. Brown was in before they traded for Julio Jones. Anyway, uh, yes, let's move on to the Packers. Let's move on to Aaron Jones. So, uh, Aaron Jones. I wish we were talking about Aaron Jones, and we will talk about Aaron Jones in a second. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, the other Aaron, the other A.A. Ron of the Green Bay Packers. So, I'm a little concerned. Okay, no, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm really concerned because... I finished last year with Devontae Adams as just the clear-cut number one wide receiver. And then finishing off the year, there was just no reason why he shouldn't be the number one wide receiver coming into the year. But this is the NFL. Things don't work out that way. And here we are a couple months before the first preseason game. And Devontae Adams' quarterback is not Aaron Rodgers right now. And so I am, I'm, I have 
huge concerns, right? Like I'm, I'm the guy that I traded for Michael Thomas after he had the best year ever as a wide receiver. Way to buy nice and high on him, um, and then got rid of him. Um, but so I definitely can. I'm, I'm afraid that I've just witnessed the height of Devonte Adams, and and I'll never see that again. And I should just trade him right now. Uh, but I'm, I'm worried about Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm worried about Aaron Rodgers for Devontae Adams. I'm upset with Aaron Rodgers because for a guy from fucking Chico, he has so much diva in him. Dude, he is so high maintenance. Oh, my God. My feelings are hurt. I don't feel you're acknowledging my beauty well enough or whatever jesus christ what a fucking baby no wonder his own family won't even speak to him or he won't speak to his own family or whatever dude aaron Rodgers is probably just a big old piece of shit who just happens to be from northern california so we have to like him either way and don't get me wrong i would have loved if the niners got aaron Rodgers uh leading up to the draft but my point being I think Aaron Rodgers is being a fucking diva, and I'm afraid that he's going to actually sit out the entire year because he's that fucking stubborn, and Devontae Adams is going to suffer. I think Devontae Adams might end up having a um, Jordan Love for a quarterback, and I think Devontae Adams is going to go from a top one wide receiver to the top three wide receiver uh, overall all the way down to a he's a wide receiver too you know as in like finishes in the top 24 so I'm very concerned uh, about that and I'm not pleased at all with what's happening in Green Bay I'm I really just think that Rogers absence is something to pay attention to and if he if he's not back there in week one, Adam's value goes way down. No, no, no. Great point, Will. Great point. I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Devontae Adams, I mean, that's got to be a, a massive impact on him. It has to be. Anybody who says differently, come on. Uh, you're talking about quarterback. Uh, doesn't matter how good they expect him to be. Never took an NFL snap in his life. Now he's going to be throwing. Devontae Adams, you, there's just... No possible way that he ends up as a top five receiver in my book. Uh, if it was a redraft league, he's one I'd be passing over, which probably means he'll be the number one receiver, in all fairness. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be drafting him. Um, he's another one of those that has to that could fall out of the top ten, allowing uh, my earlier prediction of McLaurin and CeeDee Lamb being in the top ten. Somebody's got to fall out. Okay, so if if Green Bay is a mess, and Green Bay is a mess because of the draft last year. They trade up in the first round, and instead of getting a wide receiver to help Rodgers, they draft his replacement in Bryce Jordan, in Jordan Love, in Bryce Love, Bryce Jordan. I don't know the next quarterback in Green Bay's name. But maybe I should, because apparently he's going to be throwing to Devontae Adams. So they draft this guy, and then in the early second, they draft A.J. Dillon. And I'm thinking, oh, that makes perfect sense. 
Aaron Jones is going to be a free agent, unrestricted, at the end of this next season. You draft his heir apparent, A.J. Dillon. You run Aaron Jones into the ground. You have Dillon learn as much from Jones as he can. And then you let Jones leave and you let Dylan take over. And I definitely just didn't understand the taking Aaron Rodgers replacement. When Aaron Rodgers is looking at Tom Brady and seeing him, he's like six years older. And Rodgers is like, I have five years left. Why are the Packers drafting my replacement? So then he, he, he watches them draft this quarterback. He, they watch this draft this running back. And then they end up bringing back Aaron Jones, which and letting Jamal Williams go to Detroit, which just does not make any sense to me. Why would you draft AJ Dillon if you end up paying Aaron Jones? Now, granted, maybe like, oh, well, we didn't know we were going to pay Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is exactly who he was a year ago today. He's the same person. He's the same player. He did a great job this last year. I won a league with Aaron Jones this year. I love Aaron Jones. I'm a big fan. But the Packers knew what – I'd say they knew what they were doing, but maybe they didn't know they were doing what they were doing at that draft. That draft screwed them. They pissed off their quarterback, and now their quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, doesn't want to come back says, go ahead and play that Bryce Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Bryce, Bryce Jordan, Bryce Love, Love Jordan, Bryce Love, kid. And let's, let's, look up, let's look up what that kid's name is. I'm going to look up Jordan, because I think it's Jordan something. Jordan Love. There we go. Okay. Jordan Love. We'll grab Jordan Love. Okay. Now that you've pissed off Aaron Rodgers so much, that as a Devontae Adams owner, I went from having the number one wide receiver to Needham's questioning if he'll even be a top 10 wide receiver. And you know what? I can't. I No, he'll definitely be. Remember when DeAndre Hopkins maintained his top 10 status despite not having a quarterback? But then remember how we were all like, wow, that's super rare. So maybe that is Devontae Adams. Maybe he can have... Bryce Jordan, wait, what's his name? Jordan Love? Jordan Love. I think it's Love. It's Love, right? Yeah, Jordan Love. I need to remember that. Okay, so maybe Jordan Love, that's his name. You can remember this well. All right, maybe Jordan Love can sustain Devontae Adams. Maybe they can just like find ways to get Adams the ball in the first five yards. But you know what? Maybe they can't. And maybe he's just done. Maybe we've seen the best of Devontae Adams because he will never, ever be with Aaron Rodgers again. I would be incredibly sad about that. And I just have to, I have to finish this segment off again with I'm super, super unimpressed with Aaron Rodgers. There's a huge lightning bolt right there. Let's see how far away that was. Uh, no, we got a few seconds. Oh, yeah, there's, it's not close. Uh, I'm super disappointed in Aaron Rodgers being a fucking diva out of Chico. A big diva out of Chico. Acting like goddamn Kim Kardashian coming out of Chico. Like, dude, get over yourself. Like, don't even act like you're from Southern California. Like, you want to be from Southern California? Go go down, live there, and talk about how you're from Southern California. But you misrepresent Northern California when you're acting like a goddamn girl. And so Aaron Rodgers is acting like a girl. He's pissing me off. All right. 
Uh, we gotta wrap this up because I'm getting I'm getting ranty and tangenty and it's way too late in this episode. This probably we're probably well over the hour mark. I have absolutely no idea where we are on time. And you know what? That's one of the best things about this episode. Nope, about this podcast, the Dogcast. We don't give a shit about things like time. So, moving on, what I want to know. Let's stick with this these Packers for a little bit. What the hell with Aaron Jones? What do we do with Aaron Jones if Aaron Rodgers isn't around? Because at this point, I think we just have to assume that Aaron Rodgers is not part of the current plan. Again, uh, you know, what impact, right? Like you just said it, but I actually have no idea what this does to Aaron Jones. Um I really don't. I couldn't tell you. I mean, because maybe they might have to run more, which would be great for Aaron Jones. But I actually think this is great for uh, A.J. Dillon, my guy. So um, I I feel very confident about having uh, Aaron Rodgers leave and A.J. Dillon uh, getting additional carries, additional looks, whatever it may be. Um, I don't – not a detraction from Aaron Jones, but – I don't know how it really impacts Aaron Jones, but I think is I I think this is good for me, AJ Dillon, owner. I would agree with you, except for the part that I've been thinking that Green Bay had a plan for AJ Dillon since the moment they drafted him, and then they ended up throwing a bunch of money at Aaron Jones, which makes me think that they weren't impressed with Dillon this year. I I just I'm getting to the point now where I think Green Bay actually might just not know exactly what they're doing and they might just all be trying to hold on to their jobs. And so like, because I'm just a dude and a fan, when I see GMs in professional sports making moves, I just give them the benefit of the doubt. I just, Oh, there's another huge lightning bolt. All right. How far away is that thunder? Oh, not even that close. Oh man. It's crazy. Sometimes you'll see the lightning and you're like, Oh, that's right on top top of us and then you realize like no it's like 10 15 18 miles away we had one tonight that was we were outside me and the kids were outside and we had a lightning bolt and it was so close oh yeah there's that bolt so what was that like 20 seconds so that's like 20 miles away or something but we had a lightning bolt tonight and the kids and I were outside I wish I were inside because I could compare it to the thunder that I had Last Friday, where I said, oh, that thunder shook our house like an earthquake. I, I wish I had that, that, that same reference point. But we were outside, and so the lightning was so close that I actually heard the lightning bolt. I don't mean the thunder associated with the lightning. I mean the lightning bolt itself. I heard it. It was a sound I've never heard before outside of a movie. And I'm like, oh, I get why they put that in movies now. And then the thunder was within a second. So it was probably about a mile uh, away. We're about, which would make, we're just, we're in a marsh. We're in a marsh. Like, if you look on a map of where we live, we basically should have a house in the middle of like a nature preserve, which is amazing and it's awesome and I love it. But it's not like, we're like, oh no, there's a neighborhood there. Like, there's no neighborhood. Oh, there's another huge lightning bolt. I realize now, it's not that they're huge lightning bolts, is that it's getting really dark now. And now that it's really dark, the lightning is really lighting up the sky. And also, being from California, okay, so I have seen probably 
10 times more lightning bolts in the last two months since living here. Oh, yeah, there's the, the thunder. So what was that like? Another 15 seconds, 15 to 20 seconds. We got, we got some space between here and, and, that, and that storm. Oh, yeah, but the one earlier was within a mile. And then there was another one that was uh, about two and a half seconds away. So we had two lightning bolts that were just like, on top of us and the ones uh, the few before it and the few after that were all like you know like five to ten seconds away so there, there was some distance but there was a couple that were like right on top of us one was so close the one i just referenced hillary and i said oh you know it's close when the way you try to reference how far away it is is whether or not you could see it touching ground we're like, oh, is that on our property? Oh, no, it was just past. Okay, okay, okay. But it was close. It was close to our property. Anyway, okay, so let's move on. We, we were talking about the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, let's talk about these Green Bay Packers. And I got distracted, but we're talking about Rodgers and Dylan and Adams. And, but, but you know what? Here's the thing. The Packers are so fantasy relevant. Let's not forget, they have a tight end worth talking about. Robert Tunyon had a very interesting season last year. He is going to be probably the 6th, 7th, 8th tight end off the board in redrafts this year. Maybe in that 8th round, ninth round, 7th round even? Eh, probably 8th round. Uh, and you don't really know what you're going to be getting. He was pretty tight, uh, touchdown dependent, which, oh, no way, a tight end was touchdown dependent. Like, Shocker. You mean he wasn't named Kelsey or Waller and was touchdown dependent? Whoa, my God, who would have guessed it? Um, but nonetheless, what you have here is an offense with a lot of fantasy relevant players. You have Rodgers, you have Adams, you have Jones. All three of them are always in the top three to top five at their prospective position. <laughs> There's another big lightning strike. It's almost like, remember back in the day when there would, where there, people had cameras and the cameras had flashes and like you would be at like a Chuck E. Cheese or like you'd be at like the mall or like wherever we went in like 1992 and there would be this flash out of the corner of your eye and your brain would go, oh, someone is taking a picture. Well, like, we switched over to digital and then we, everyone was on their phones and then like there became this point where no one was on. Oh, wait, I got to run. Hey, all right. I'm going to pick this back up in a little bit and we're going to talk about tight end. Ooh, so I did get cut off in the middle of a point there, uh, but I was getting a little tangenty. So I'm assuming I wasn't saying anything impressive. Anyway, uh, we did talk about Rogers and Adams and Jones and Dylan. But guess what? There's another position that is relevant on the Green Bay Packers. There are so many fantasy-relevant positions when Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. And that is Tanyan. Let's talk about Tanyan. Yeah, you're right. We don't, we don't talk about tight ends often enough just because, you know, um, top three or four, and that's all the, the talk we get. But I was super happy picking up Tanyan off the waivers last year because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I figured going into this year, I easily had another top 10 uh, tight end performance out of Tunyon, and I have to reel that back. Uh, I think there's no guarantee that he's worth anything um, without Aaron Rodgers there. So, um, yeah, tough blow to my roster. Um, I don't know how you see that. I, I kind of got impacted a little bit uh, with the backup running back and the uh, – 
and the tight end, and obviously, you know, uh, you have uh, Devontae Adams. So seems to be pretty relevant. So I think the take-home message is that the Green Bay Packers are dependent upon Aaron Rodgers. It makes sense. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I wish the Niners realized that Aaron Rodgers was a Hall of Fame quarterback when they drafted Alex Smith. I love Alex Smith. We all love Alex Smith. All Niner fans, we all have to love Alex Smith because he technically never did anything wrong. But sure wish the Niners would have drafted Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers, greater sign than Alex Smith. So, yes, if Aaron Rodgers is not in a Green Bay Packers uniform, then none of these guys have their relevance. They just don't. And so who knows what Devontae Adams is? Who knows what Aaron Jones is? Dylan is nothing. Lazard is nothing. Tanyan is nothing without Aaron Rodgers. And who knows what Jones and Adams are without Rodgers? I wish Rodgers wasn't being a diva, but he is. It's the reality that we're facing. But also, it's June. So a lot of stuff can happen. A lot of stuff will happen between June and August and September. And so I'm not panicking. But the fact is, what Rodgers does absolutely influences the value of all these guys' dynasty fantasy value that we're talking about. So back to Rodgers. Put you on the spot. Give us our hot take. What's the what's your hot take on what happens to Rodgers? Does he retire? Does he show up and play for the Packers? Um, do the Packers get it done and trade his ass to Denver? And if not Denver, which team would you think would be the most likely or best team that he could go to? I mean, I think Denver because they definitively have a quarterback need and they got Jerry Judy. So, I mean, that would be a, a massive massive uptick to Jerry Judy if all of a sudden Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers shows up to start chucking balls to him. Has to be. All right? Bye. Yeah, they have Jerry Judy. They also have this guy named Cortland Sutton, who I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers wouldn't mind throwing to. Also, not sure if you're aware, but they have Noah Fant, and also an amazing defense and a very serviceable Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams behind him. They, the Broncos are one quarterback away from winning another Super Bowl, which reminds me a lot like the Broncos when they went and got Peyton Manning. They were just a quarterback away. And you can tell because they had Tim Tebow before Peyton Manning and still made the playoffs and still won in the first round of the playoffs and were like a relatively relevant team. Then they went and got Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning sucked compared to Peyton Manning, but was still really, really good compared to most other NFL quarterbacks. That defense, running game, everything else, and Peyton Manning game-managed his way into another Super Bowl victory. Um I kind of see the Broncos in that same spot again, where they are. Drew Locke is Mr. Irresponsible. You, I'm going to steal this from the footballers. You will not call Drew Locke when you're looking for someone to take care of your dogs when you go away for the weekend. You'll come home and your dogs will be hungry. He is irresponsible. He will not get the ball to the receivers that should be putting up big fantasy points. 
Drew Locke is not someone you can depend on. And I am planting my flag. <laughs> Actually, I'm just doing a bit that I've heard someone else do, which I thought was pretty funny. Anyway, so, yeah, of course Aaron Rodgers would love to go to the Broncos. We also saw that Deshaun Watson is saying he wants to go to the Broncos. And people are like, oh, yeah, I bet you do. If Deshaun Watson is saying that he wants to go to the Broncos, that means that Deshaun Watson sees an end to his current off-the-field issues. There have been no legal charges pressed. Everything is civil. When everything is civil, one check can make all of it go away because the one check includes a non-disclosure agreement. And that is the end of anyone talking about the topic with any legitimacy. If you know what you're talking about and you get a little money, you're not allowed to talk about it anymore. Otherwise, you forfeit your money. So, when those who are out there are mocking Watson for saying he wants to go to the Broncos, I just want to remind everyone, Watson's the realistically the only one who knows what actually is going to happen. Because a check can make all of this go away. So if he knows that he's about to write a check, and he's talking about where he's going to end up and it's not going to be in Houston, I would pay close attention. So I say all of that to say, yes, I think Denver is just a quarterback away. I think they're just a great quarterback away. I think there are two great quarterbacks available. One is Aaron Rodgers. One is Deshaun Watson. But you asked me what I think what will happen with Aaron Rodgers. Here's what I think will happen with Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers are from the Midwest and are owned by the public are not impressed by him being a goddamn diva and will say you are under contract to be our quarterback. So be our quarterback or don't play football. And I think Aaron Rodgers is really, 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 really stubborn. And I think he will say that fine, I am not going to play football anymore. And he will sit out and it will be on ESPN and he will be the Roger Clemens of his day in the same way that he watched Brett Favre every single summer. ESPN talked about if this was the year that Brett Favre was going to retire or not retire or come back out of retirement or blah, 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 blah. He saw all of that. He saw all the attention that Brett Favre got. He wishes he can have all that attention. He is hoping for all that attention. He's going to be getting all that attention. And then you know what he's going to do at the last second? He's going to play fucking football because he's a 37-year-old quarterback or however old he is. And he doesn't actually have that much more time left. And the Packers actually have all the leverage because he's under contract. So they can say, you will play for us or you won't play at all. And he will say, then I won't play at all. And that will get press. And then at the last second, he'll pull a booby and he'll make a trade or he'll save face in some way and he'll end up playing. Because you want to know why Aaron Rodgers is nothing other than a football player. There's nothing wrong with that. He can identify with his profession. He's a football player. He's a quarterback. But that's all he is. So if he's not that, 
then he's fucking nothing. He's Danica Patrick's husband. He's a bad Jeopardy host. So I think he'll go ahead and just, you know, take his role as the quarterback of the Packers because, oh, no, poor baby has to be the Packers fucking quarterback. And I think he will end up swallowing his pride. It'll be a bitter pill to swallow. But I think he'll do it, and I think it'll be good for him. And I think he'll be fine. And I think they will go forward. All right. I have been going on some tangents in these last few segments. It's because this episode took three nights to record, but as only because of all of the amazing effort that Needham Wyndham brought forward from the cat box. I appreciate it so much, Needham. And you know what? I think it's about time for us to get to our random stat. And that brings us to our random stat. Now, last weekend, I was writing a report and there was a bolt of lightning that was pretty close to our house, which made a weird sound in our house and made our lights flicker. Uh, and it was kind of like a crackling sound to our lights. And then they flickered and the, uh, the thunder was immediate and it was right on top of us. And it, it was so dense and impressive that it shook the house like an earthquake. And I acknowledged that, but apparently Needham thought that I was whimpering by acknowledging lightning thunder combo and so he decided to contact his colleague who lives in hilton head south carolina not incredibly far from where we are in richmond hill georgia i know it's different states but we're uh, hilton head south carolina and richmond hill georgia is both part of the low country that's the region that we find ourselves in and his colleague informed him that it was only sprinkling well Good news for all y'all is that while Needham was 2,757 miles away from the storm that I was referencing, he was able to inform all y'all that I was not experiencing a storm because his colleague, who was nowhere near me, had a different weather experience. So, our random stat for this episode, of course is the fact that Richmond Hill and Hilton Head are in different states and 54 miles away from each other. Now, here, here's what was really interesting. That was on like a Thursday or a Wednesday. On that Friday, we went to Hilton Head and the same storm that had been in the region for a week and a half, really, it's, it's the same one that's here right now, was around, and they, and now Newman said that was a, it was a sprinkle. It was a sprinkle, and that if my pansy ass was intimidated by this, that wait till we see a hurricane. Now, first of all, I think it's hilarious that a person who has never met me has now called me a pansy ass. I would love, love 
to see the person who just called me a pansy ass work in the insane asylum. Go work in Napa State Hospital. Hey, go work at Mule Creek State Prison. Go work at High Desert State Prison. Go work at any of these places where killers are rubbing shoulders with you and then call them pansy ass. Call me a fucking pansy ass again. You can tell I'm not very impressed. But the random stat for tonight has to go to the fact that while I was just acknowledging the weather experience that I was observing, and by the way, I said that the thunder uh, shaking our house like an earthquake was impressive. I didn't say it was scary. I didn't say it was... The funny part is... Okay, here's the actual funny part. Needham said I was whimpering. That was the word. He said I was whimpering about the thunder. I wasn't, but... While I wasn't whimpering about the thunder, after he said I was whimpering, I started sulking about the fact that he said I was whimpering. So while it was not accurate when he said it, I ended up creating the reality that he had described. Regardless, the random stat for tonight, and it's something for all y'all to remember when trying to compare weather, is that Hilton Head, South Carolina, and Richmond Hill, Georgia, are 54 miles apart. And so, you don't necessarily get to ask someone 55 miles away if they're having the exact same, no, no, you get to ask them. You get to ask them what their weather experience is like. But if you then go back to your friends and say, hey, my friend 55 miles away says this is his experience with the weather and therefore yours is wrong, you might end up looking a little foolish when it gets to random stat time because the random stat is Richmond Hill and Hilton Head not only are in different states but are 55 miles apart and inherently not experiencing the same weather at the exact same time. So with all that... I've been holding on that for a week. I've been telling myself for a week to not respond, and I'm just too petty. I am. I just am. I'm too petty, but look, that is why Needham is the best host this podcast could ever have. This podcast is a thousand times better when it's coming from the doghouse and the cat box. I am so thankful for all 21 of the segments coming out of the cat box. Needham, thank you so much. You created this episode. You have been carrying this podcast in the off season. I really don't have anything to talk about other than breaking down our actual weeks when we play each other. So thank you so much for carrying us during the off season. Look, we made it. We're all done. We got through it. We got through our second round. We got through our third round. We got through our bold predictions. We got through our Green Bay Packers. We got through our random stat. We had a commercial. We had some news. We had a full, full episode. We are awesome. You are awesome for listening. And until next time, cue music. We're out of here.